Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided One, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals, and speeches. For all things spoken audio, it's Audible.com, the sponsor of our program. Head on over to Audible.com after our show this evening. You'll find a drop-down box and type in Life Coach Radio Network to receive instructions on a 30-day free trial of audible.com that's audible.com the world's leader in spoken audio and our sponsor here on undivided and welcome in again to undivided episode number 41 we are live at 7 p.m on the east coast i'm your host frank chamaduri and tonight's episode here as we find ourselves on wednesday march the 6th in the year 2019 will be the immigration divide and my special guest this evening the very talented very amazing very intelligent Diana Tapia will be with us this evening. First, a disclaimer for tonight's program. The views of this episode of Undivided, episode number 41, The Immigration Divide with Diana Tapia, are not necessarily the views of my myself as host, Frank Jimmy Dury, my guest this evening, the aforementioned Diana Tapia, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. And now that we've moved forward from the disclaimer, again, welcome into our program. And thank you all for the feedback that I received on the episode 40, the special episode two weeks ago, and kind of tying into that, this episode, we're we're going to be, excuse me, trying to raise money for the Alabama tornadoes. And for all that were concerned, I did hear Alexandra Maffitt was a guest on this show last summer, and she was a call-in guest during the 40th episode her county, Lee County, was hit by those tornadoes. She is okay, but as she said to me, so many people have had their lives shattered by it. And today also is uh, the start of Lent on Ash Wednesday. So for my Catholic and Christian listeners, we begin Lent. And what a fitting topic as we talk about breaking down barriers and moving towards being more Christian to each other as brothers and sisters than the divide of immigration. Immigration, especially in the United States, is the top destination for migrants. One-fifth of the world's total migrants have attempted to come to the United States. There are 12 million what they would term illegal aliens, illegal immigrants in the United States, according to the Department of Homeland Security in their most recent numbers. Approximately, that makes up approximately 3.3% of the total U.S. population. Visa overstays have increased significantly in the last two years. That has aided some of those numbers. There have been 107,000 families apprehended uh, crossing the southern border in the year 2018. So these numbers give some insight to what's happening here with, with immigration. Unaccompanied children caught at the southern border were 50,000 in number in the year 2018. The children living in shelters has also been a big topic of discussion. There are currently estimated 12,000 children in shelters, 2,000 of which have been separated from their parents. There are 100 shelters in 14 states. The average child spends 57 days in a shelter before being placed with a sponsor. 80% of unaccompanied children that enter this country are 13 years or older, 90% of which are from Latin America. There are 19,000 Border Patrol agents 
and there have been 340,000 quote unquote illegal immigrants removed from the United States in the past year. So that sets the table for our discussion tonight. And I'm so pleased that Diana can join me. My special guest is Diana Tapia. Diana is the founder of the Worldwide Immigrants Association, which is an online community with the mission of empowering and guiding immigrants around the world in their new home. With uh, legal and business partnerships in her background, Diana's work has taken her to Cannes, Frankfurt, London, Mexico City, Miami, New York, Santiago, among other places. She's a certified transitional coach and career mentor, and she works hand-in-hand with ambitious immigrants to find and develop their greatest potential before, during, and after their transition process so they can forge the life they want in the country they've chosen to live. Diana Tapia, welcome Undivided. Hey, Frank. Thank you so much for such a very nice uh, introduction, and thanks for having me. Diana, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, totally. Excellent, excellent. So as we've discussed, you know, coming into tonight, uh, immigration is is such a hot-button topic, and I never desired this show to be a political show, but there are times where some of that's going to overlap, and we could discuss just the human nature of this and and how it harms us as brothers and sisters on this planet. And I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to take that plane tonight and we'll see where the audience takes it as well when we open up for callers in the second half of the show. And we also have the emails as well. But immigration has been a topic of increased controversy in recent months. Uh, when did this tension over immigration begin? Well, Frank, this is a very, very broad question because I would, I would have to say that it started with dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, all animals migrate, you know, all animals migrate. And if we focus on that, we humans are animals. And we are always looking for another place to stay, uh, maybe with a better conditions of weather or food or, in this case, economical uh, or um, other kind of uh, opportunities that they are looking for. So immigration is not only something that's happening in the um, last centuries, it's something that's been happening since the world was created. That's a very interesting take on it, since the dinosaurs, you know, migration of, of animals, when you think about that, uh, to different climates uh, uh, across when they had the land bridge into, you know, into America from what is now Russia or parts of Russia. It's interesting that you uh, brought that up. That is uh, uh, quite a way of looking at it. And I guess that it's continued, you know, everyone always thinks of, of Ellis Island and I have a statue of Liberty Ellis Island story that I'll share later in the broadcast, but everyone always thinks of that, but this has been going on for, uh, a long time prior to to Ellis Island. Um, however, now we have a tie to nationalism, and you and I spoke about this, and I mentioned it in the 40th episode two weeks ago. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a tie to nationalism that's sweeping across not only America, but in Europe and South America and in other parts of the world. You know, I talked about Brexit a little bit in the 40th episode some of the things that are happening in South America as well. What could be done to alter this societal movement? 
Uh, I believe the thing is that with all uh, social media and all the media that is right now um, sharing a lot of information, we have to be very careful on the things that we consume. Actually, all this kind of nationalism is because of one starter. Um, now, I, I want to focus on social media because it's kind of the WC of the networks. Everybody is able to say their opinion and say very, very rough things to everybody without having actually um, to put their face in front of anybody. So everything is anonymous and they can um, say terrible things and spread the word and share information, which is not like sometimes it's fake news, this kind of uh, new phrase that we have, that it's fake news and we share and we no longer see if this is going to affect someone or a society. So regarding nationalism that's happening, for example, in America in the United States or in Europe with France, for example, or South America, the people who is uh, crossing the border from South America to Mexico to arrive to United States. Um, if may, it, like this has been happening again, this has been happening forever. The thing is that now we are more conscious about it because of all the media and all the uh, possibilities that we have to learn about what's happening in the world. And I believe this is affecting us in a good way, but also in a bad way. Sure, as the world gets smaller, it gets more distant. And it's funny that, or ironic, not funny, it's ironic that you mentioned that because I just finished up an article on uh, the impact of social media on mm. the emotional well-being of people and cyberbullying and that sort of thing. I've yeah. been working on it for a few weeks. And so that kind of ties right into this uh, conversation and this this whole tide of, you know, again, my views on how much I love America are well established on this on the, on the series. People will laugh sometimes when I say that. You know, I've done two shows on America, uh, both of July 4th, both years that the show is run. And mm -hmm. I've done other shows on America as well. And I'm all for it. And that's and I love the, the country. And I think I think it's great. I think we have the best country in the world. But we have problems. And this is one of them. And we are a democratic society and we're trying to figure this out. But at the same time, I don't like that everyone's like, oh, USA and, and we have to keep you know, other people out. That's not what made America the country that it is today. And, well, no. and I look forward to getting you know, into that with you. That's not you know, where we came from. Uh, America is a nation of immigrants. And although that's the case and that's, that's our history. And being an American, I could speak to that. This country is seeing a trend of anti-immigrant policies gaining popularity. So I want to ask you, Diana, in your experience, one, why has this occurred, this, this anti-immigration type of, of thing? Yeah. And in your experience, what can be done to introduce alternatives that promote harmony? So it's a two-part question. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I believe I'm, I'm going to have to go back again to answering. It's all about all the information that we are consuming every day. Uh, I believe that this trend of anti-immigrant policies are gaining popularity because of um, a brave person who's starting and saying, 
yeah, let's make them go back to their country and other mean things. And then there's another one who joins and, you know, any, any uh, news network is gaining money off sharing good news. They are all sharing bad news because this is something that is more consumed and it's normal. You know, the thing is that uh, now all this information that we are getting from very different channels, and it's no longer, for example, let's say CNN or Fox or whatever it is, that they are serious chains. Now we have other bloggers and other people who are actually writing their topics and they're just, I don't know, for a like, for a share, for a uh, comment, they might, I don't know, write something that I believe is going to be fun to share and it's not realistic and it's affecting a society. In this case, it's very sad to say that it's not only affecting immigrants and the way that people is thinking about them, but it's also affecting the whole world because we are becoming, um, we are becoming enemies of each other. So that was for the, your first question. And the other one, I believe you were asking me what alternatives what can, we, can we do to promote harmony in the world? And I yeah. would say, yeah, I would say that like to pay attention, just to continue with this, uh, to pay attention on the, com the, the, the content that we consume every day, to see if the source is something that we can rely on, that uh, if it's proven information that we know that it's going to help people understand and inform and learn something. If it is not, then please don't share it. Just don't share it because it, I mean, I'm no longer just talking about immigration. It's about, I don't know, um, um, other kind of topics that we're not gonna talk, talk right now, but other kind of topics that are being affected as well on this kind of sharing information. So first, I would say that just ignore the, the, the sources that are not reliable, that are not um, people who, with experience who knows the subject, who knows the topics and the, the information that has been shared. That's a very good point because you know journalism has taken a certain dive, if you will, and and starting in in journalism and some of the work that I did, uh, you know, five or six years ago, it's a lot different than it is today, and and you touch on that as well with, you know, there are, there are a lot of people out there that are blogging and mm -hmm. writing and doing some of these things for entertainment value, and people take that as fact. And the problem is that they've built themselves to be, well, this is all facts and, you know, no spin yeah. or whatever. And then when they get caught in, in an untruth or a misrepresentation of what's actually true, they say, well, people shouldn't have taken my content uh, at its word. I'm an entertainer. I'm, I'm just out here blogging or I'm just out here, you know, doing a show like an Alex Jones. A lot of the stuff mm -hmm. that he spins is is untrue and he's been caught in a couple of things and he says, well, I'm, I'm an entertainer. I'm not doing this to, you know, I'm not a news organization. Well, the, the unfortunate mm -hmm. thing is you have influence over people that then believe you. And mm -hmm. 
and that's a yeah. very dangerous situation when they believe something that's that's not true. So we're going to pick that up in a second. We're at 7.15, so we're going to take a brief break. Diana will take a, a break real fast. Episode 41, The Immigration Divide of Undivided, here on Life Coach Radio Network. We'll be back in a moment. First, an upcoming so- show promotion for you all. Excuse me. Free the Hamster. That's Free the Hamster, Harry Pritchett's show, the first and third Thursday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's a live program on the Life Coach Radio Network. Again, Free the Hamster, Harry Pritchett's show, first and third Thursdays of the month, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. Harry is doing a series on helping people reorient themselves and their career if they're stuck in a job that they see kind of like as a dead end job. He's helping you formulate strategies to get yourself free. Hence the title of the show, free the hamster, getting out of the hamster wheel, Harry Pritchett, first of third Thursdays of every month, 7 PM Eastern on the life coach radio network. Let's raise some money tonight. As I mentioned before, for those tornadoes in Alabama, Catholic charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic charities, 800-919-9338 www.salvationarmy.org and enter your zip code or enter the zip code in Lee County in some of the affected Alabama tornado areas. You can go on different websites, get those zip codes for Alabama and donate to the Salvation Army to those who have lost everything in the terrible, tragic event. And we're back here on Undivided, episode 41, The Immigration Divide. Special guest Diana Tapia. And Diana, before we uh, went to the short break, you had mentioned yeah. something and it was perfect kind of placement. You had mentioned the news media and the fear. And, and I've talked about that uh, quite frequently on this program during the course of the series. I call the news media and the mainstream news media the fear machine uh, because <laughs> it is. And they want you to make you afraid to go outside, make you afraid yeah. of anyone that's different than you. So the news media has contributed to this. They've driven a message of fear about immigration. These people are going to come, these people are going to come across the border and they're different and they're going to bring drugs and they're going to bring guns and they're going to kill your family and take everything. The news media has falsified stories about a variety of topics. Uh, Some will also present present, uh, valid points about crime, terror groups. We've had terrorists. We've caught people at the border. Drug and human trafficking is a huge issue today Mm -hmm. that are all coming in on the southern border of this country. What false, quote-unquote, facts are they presenting about immigration? Uh, Well, uh, this is, of course, happening. We cannot avoid talking about also the negative things of immigration. Uh, Drugs, trafficking, etc., etc., those things exist and we cannot just avoid the topic. The thing is that other things which are very positive are not being talked about. Uh, successful stories, people who's immigrant who has, I don't know, built an empire, uh, or uh, people who's immigrant who's helping other communities or societies to raise from, I don't know, you're just uh, saying that you're collecting money for the people who's victims uh, of the um, uh, I, uh, the um, uh, hurricanes. So all the, there's a lot of people who's immigrants that are proactive and they are being, uh, I don't know, a, a very big uh, 
help in the community and the uh, economic society uh, development. So those things are not being talked about, and I believe this is the right time to start talking about it. Uh, for example, at the Worldwide Immigrants Association, we are sharing uh, two successful stories uh, of immigrants every month. And there are other organizations that are starting to talk about that, like there's Mutual DNA, there's uh, Project Immigrant, who are every time they are sharing successful stories about immigrants. So this is the time. It is with the rise in social media and the rise in uh, some of the new media, quote unquote, you know, uh, I was just watching some YouTube Mm -hmm. uh, episodes. My next guest, which I'll get to later in the program, has done a lot on YouTube. And I was uh, watching some of her YouTube content to get a better idea of what her practice uh, seeks to achieve. Uh, before she comes on in two weeks. And I had done a little bit of that yesterday. I had a little bit of time to do that and, and try and formulate that for, for my next episode as, as we're about to do this one. And there's a real direct to uh, consumer, if you will, aspect of that where you can change the narrative. You know, the narrative yeah. from the, the, the media fear machine is to be afraid of, of immigrants and that they're a drain on society or they're not going to uh, help in any way to show all the wonderful things that, you know, immigrants have contributed uh, in our society and in a society like in in Canada where you are, um, et cetera. And I think that you're right. Now is the time to, to take that and run with it. Uh, There are some people. And when we get to the bridging the divide segment, when I ask you that big question that we always do at that point of the show, <laughs> uh, there are some people that think that, you know, the Southern border is going to complete exercise in xenophobia. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not necessarily my view. And again, you know, we have a disclaimer for this show. So, you know, none of what we say is really our views. We could be playing a role as well. That's not necessarily my view personally, but mm-hmm. th- that's a viewpoint that has to be introduced you know, into the conversation tonight, uh, whether that has credibility or not, as some people see that as it's just targeting a certain group of people. There are other people that think, well, we do have a a significant issue with border security. And, you know, whether or not we need, you know, a wall to do that or whether or not we need uh, some other more practical steps to do it uh, remains something that our society is going to be talking about. I had mentioned before I had a Statue of Liberty story and I had shared yeah. this with Diana, you know, we spoke, you know, leading up to, to tonight, you know, growing up as many people know, I broadcast a show and life coach radio is based in New Jersey. I broadcast a show from New Jersey and grew up in New Jersey and the proximity to Ellis Island, New York, the Statue of Liberty uh, we would go very often with my grandfather and my dad who were involved in business with international business. And we'd have visitors and they'd want to go. And we would take people up in groups to, you know, Liberty State Park and the Statue of Liberty. And I remember as a young boy, my dad saying to me, you know, as we were looking at the Statue of Liberty, you know, anyone can come here at any time. And I was so blown away by that. I was like, anyone. And it made me love America even more than, than I probably did at that age. And, and I said, well, why do people want to come here? 
you know, why, why would they want to do that? And he explained how people in the world can be evil to each other. And then that's why they would want to come there. And I remember this moment and my dad was actually, you know, holding my hand as we looked out over the harbor. And I remember just being so proud to be an American. Hmm. So North America seems divided over immigration. Um, some feel that immigration should be limited um, or tightly controlled. Others feel that the process should be unrestricted. Uh, there should be no restrictions on it. In your experience, which approach, or is there another one entirely that should be explored for future immigration standards? Uh, I believe this question is charged with a lot of responsibility. <laughs> But I would say it that, is. of course, I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I would say that um, everything needs to have a control, right? Of course, we cannot uh, stay without doing nothing uh, about immigration. Immigration has to be somehow organized instead of um, restricted. Um, Regarding, for example, the wall, we know for history, from history, that walls are not good things to to build. Uh, we have Berlin's Wall, the Great Wall in China, and other walls that have been recent. And uh, instead of bringing peace, have uh, brought crisis, sadness, terror, wars, uh, death. Um, there must be an organization, of course, yes, for traffic, the human traffic, of course. We have to be able to, I don't know, set uh, uh, an antecedent of where we are going, because if we are citizens of a, a country, well, at least if, if something happens, they will know where to look for us, but no restrictions like this. Walls divide and uh, this is undivided right so we don't want to divide people we want to be together uh i i don't know i of course i'm not answering your question very well because this is so no, gross and fine. this is a, this is such a this is such a big responsibility for example i'm just thinking about the United Nations, I don't know if there's some someone or there's a group already working regarding these aspects. Uh, let's uh, focus on Venezuela, for instance, who are, uh, there's a lot of people migrating to the north of America, trying to look for other opportunities. And they were not even thinking about uh, migrating, I don't know, 15 years ago, they were actually happy in a very rich country, Venezuela, or other countries like Mexico, for example, which is rich in resources. So this is sad that we have to be divided by a line, even if it's imaginary. Um, I don't know. Let's see where where the future is going to take us. Oh, I hope the only thing that I hope is that we are going to create more conscious about uh, us as humans and not uh, complain about our origins, uh, skin color or accents. That is huge and super critical, you know, for us moving forward and every day that, 
you hear a negative news story or something else come out, you, I know I can get that way sometimes. I feel like I'm trying to move the needle and they're trying to push it back. And I just have to keep pounding and keep, you know, grinding away to try and change the, the narrative as someone who believes that, you know, anyone with the exception of a very few people should be able to come here at any time. You know, if you're a a really hardened criminal or a terrorist, obviously I'd have some issue with someone doing anything illegal. I don't want Mm -hmm. that going on. I don't want people coming in here and perpetuating crime, but even someone that had a former past history of criminal activity, they have been reformed and they've come here and made a new life. And who am I to judge them? Um, Yeah. I I think America got to where we were. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for interrupting you. I'm just thinking about, for example, terrorism. I'm going back to what we've been talking about, uh, the news and social media, etc. That's also terrorism. Uh, To put people in terror or panic about circumstances or the difference of other people that is actual psychological terrorism. So we, st- we have to start doing something and be more uh, critical on the things that we share. Again, I know that I'm repeating myself, but this is part of what's uh, con- contaminating the world. And this is why people is not very happy with the term immigrants, even us immigrants, uh, it's like a tattoo, you know, it's like having uh, a very, very terrible tattoo on our skin. Wow, that's so sad. You know, it's it, you feel almost like that label, like the Cage of Titles episode that I did with Alexandra and how people feel like they're been stuck with a label that they can't work themselves out of. And I'm certain that there are immigrants that feel that way, you know, that uh, to a person they would wish that they would be looked at in a more objective uh, view and be looked at with uh, love and with respect and, and dignity. Um, and that's not always the case. I mean, you know, other people have come on this show and have talked about how they've had some very great experiences coming to America from other places. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there are for those stories, there's just as many that have had the opposite type of experience. So we're going to pick that up in the second half of our show. We're right on the button, 730 live here on the East Coast. I'm in New Jersey. Diana is in Canada. And Undivided, episode 41, the Immigration Divide, will be back in a moment. First, the upcoming show promotions for you, Replenish Me. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, as you remember, was a guest on episode 39. Her next episode, Wednesday, March 13th, so that's one week from tonight, live at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. That's Replenish Me. That's the series. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Wednesday, March 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Life Coach Radio Network. Erica Wiederlight. Erica Wiederlight show, as you remember, had a long-running series, took a hiatus for a while, has been back for probably about four months now. Mondays, twice a month, you'd have to go to the website to check her 2019 schedule. That's Erica Wiederlight, Mondays, twice a month. That's 11.30 a.m. Eastern Live on the Life Coach, part of the Life Coach Radio family of networks. That's Erica Wiederlight, 
11.30 a.m. Eastern Live, Mondays twice a month. Check the website for her schedule or go on her website, which is wethelight.com. Kind of a play in her last name. Audible.com is our sponsor. And speaking of being the light to those who are in darkness, if you or someone you know or love are suffering, if you or someone that you know is struggling with something that they can't get their head around, that they can't seem to move past, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that's 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. They remind you that you matter. There are people there to listen. There are professionals there to take your call. So please call and get some help. If you're an immigrant that's come here that has been mistreated in any way and you're thinking of harming yourself, please call the number, 800-273-8255. The Lee County Disaster Relief Fund, if you Google that, Alexandra gave me this as one of the uh, other options to give to the, the Alabama tornadoes. The Lee County Disaster Relief Fund, or you could go to www.al.com. That's Alabama's state website for a variety of resources on how we can raise money for them. And then also www.samaritanspurse.org. Michael W. Smith, some of you may know that uh, Christian music artist, just flew down to Alabama to help out with Samaritan's Purse. That's samaritanspurse.org, 828-262-1980. That's 828-262-1980. Go to the Alabama Tornado Relief section. And we're back here on Undivided. And I'm going to open the phone lines. Again, the phone number is 646-716-9397. Again, 646-716-9397 for a call, question, comment, concern, uh, observation for Diana or myself about this very controversial topic of immigration. You can DM me on Twitter, direct message me. DM me, bro, as the young people say, at fmaduri, that's F-M-A-D-U-R-I on Twitter. Or you could go to Undivided Show. That's Undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com. I've been checking the emails all throughout our program. I answer them live. So, Diana, as uh, we went to the break, now we're in the Bridging the Divide segment. Mm-hmm. How do we bridge the divide between those who I mentioned before feel that all immigrants are, quote, and this is going to be very hard language for some people, are, quote, illegals, criminals, drug dealers, vagrants, terrorists, those who feel that immigrants are a quote-unquote drain on social programs, those who feel that immigrants should be able to find a better life no matter what, and those who feel that immigrants are a valuable addition to their community? I know it's a big question. (laughs) Uh, We have to inform ourselves very well. And of course, because we have a lot of immigrants around the world, we can always ask other people and other immigrants about their stories. Uh, the more that we know other people's stories and know the facts and the reasons why they migrated, the easier it's going to be for us, everybody, to understand their past and their present. Uh, there's a lot of people who didn't migrate illegally. There's a lot of people who migrate because they were invited to work in another company or a lot of people who migrated in my case, for example, because it was my dream to live in Canada. So we are a lot of immigrants who are um, 
different from all the other things that have been uh, told. So meet, meet us, ask us questions, tell us what you are afraid of, and maybe you're going to find answers in us. And I, of course, I'm, it, this is very maybe naive or, or pink, <laughs> the thing that I'm saying, but actually I believe we are going to be more grateful if you approach us and tell us, oh, well, what was your story? Why, why did you move here? Or what your family is thinking about you moving here? Or other things like to get to know us, that's going to change your thoughts a lot. There's a lot of people who are refugees who are actually uh, people with professional studies or with master's degrees or PhDs who were obligated uh, to move away from their countries. So not everything is in the wrong side or the black side of the of the matter. Um, approach us and ask us questions. Meet us. Travel a lot. Taste other cultures and tastes and food. Uh, be more curious. That's very good advice. And as often on this show at the Bridging the Divide segment, that's often somewhere along those lines is the response. How are we going to bridge the divide? We're going to bridge it by reaching out to somebody else that's different than us. Yeah. Uh, t- yeah. Taking the time to do that, right? Um, approach someone. Be curious. Uh, be non-confrontational and, and just inquisitive. Get to know people and without prejudging them. I think, you know, we're so quick and myself included at times to, to judge somebody for, and I always have to check myself, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. You know, Um, (laughs) I'm not supposed to judge people. You know, it's not my role. I'm not supposed to, to look at someone and say, well, you know, it's going to go this direction because of this or that. And yeah, we find that often, you know, Diane, I think you can attest too. We find that often in close friendships or, or relationships. You know, I know someone that has had two or three best friends for, you know, most of their life. And before going and meeting with these people, you know, will talk to me and be like, well, you know, when I go to meet with, you know, meet and hang out with so-and-so and so-and-so, it's going to go this way. because So they're already bringing baggage, you know, into yeah. it. They're already bringing the knife you know, they're already bringing the knife to the gunfight, so to speak. And, and they've already on the defensive before they've even had dinner yeah. with these people. And yeah. it's because of all this history, right? Yeah, definitely. But it's not only like what we are talking about right now and today, it's not only uh, related to immigrants. It's, I believe it's uh, related to a human being and the, the way that we uh, alternate with each other. Uh, we've forgotten how to do it. <laughs> so it's uh, it, the only thing that we need to do is to remember those times when we were uh, on a line and waiting for the bank to like to the to the lady uh, in the bank, and we were talking to the person who was in front of us and just chat. You know, we no longer do that. We no longer see the people in the metro. 
Exactly. They've taken a lot of the interpersonal interaction out of things. And that's where I'm a big believer in, you know, brick and mortar retail and that hopefully surviving is one of the few interactions that we still have with people. Um, And everyone's so angry, you know, today. There's so much anger in the world. You know, my friend posted a picture the other day. He spoke about the Metro. We have the PATH train system that connects Mm -hmm. uh, New York and New Jersey you know, from northern New Jersey into New York City into parts of Manhattan. And he takes the path train every day to, to work in Manhattan. And he posted a picture of, you know, these two guys got into a fight mm-hmm. and there's blood on the on the ground of the path train because one guy tried to squeeze onto the train and bumped into the other guy. And then they had words and then they both busted their faces open and it caused the train to be delayed and all these people were late to work. <laughs> oh my god you know two guys that had an axe to grind you know what i mean yeah yeah and yeah. there's so much immediately they're going to to fists and it's so far beneath what a civilized society should act that it, it really it gets me very distressed because we, <laughs> we were there and we shouldn't be there and we have to change that we have to change that and that's that change happens in families and very often too, we get defensive with people in our families, you know, uh, because there's a lot of history there, you know, and you're right. It speaks to a human situation that in society that is taking place and there's a lack of community and that has to change. And I'm still searching for that, that answer through this show. I don't have it yet. Uh, You know, more grassroots things, uh, you know, going back to the basics, to the golden rule, to the commandments, to God, to treating people the way you'd like to be treated. That's probably mm-hmm. a good place to start. In your experience, how were you treated? You know, were you treated differently moving to different countries or being in different countries? How were you treated as an immigrant, both, you know, to you know, the United States and to, and to Canada and to some other places that you've been? Uh, I have to say that I've been very lucky. Actually, uh, whenever I uh, I travel to United States, for example, because this is the biggest controversy, United States, I've never had any problems. Uh, but let's say also that I'm one of those privileged ones who got to travel a lot since I was a kid. So maybe it's a matter of a passport which had a lot of stamps, which... Uh, showed all the people there that I wasn't looking into moving to United States uh, or that I wasn't going to migrate illegally to, to North America, right? And then when I arrived here and moved here to Canada, I did it uh, with, a, with a whole process done since I was in Mexico. So I arrived here as a permanent uh, resident uh, in Canada. So. I was treated as one of the others, and uh, all the time that I've been here, I've never had any problem of my origin or the color of my skin or my accent. Of course, they ask me, where are you from? Because I am not blonde, I'm not tall, I'm not (laughs) blue-eyed, and my accent, of course, is very Latino. Uh, but well, mm. I I just answer, and people I believe they are very respectful here. 
I'm very happy that all the times that I've been in the United States have been for pleasure. So uh, I've been treated very well as well, and every part of the world, actually, every part of the world. But um, this is my story, and I've been very lucky. I'm a privileged one, and I know that it's also the way that we face situations as well and the attitude that we put. There's a lot of people in my country that I say, oh, no, I hate going to the United States because they ask so many questions and they make you take your shoes off and blah. And I say, well, just <laughs> take them out. Just take them off. And they are thinking about your security, so it's okay. you know. So instead of thinking of the wrong thing or the bad thing, think of the positive thing. I am not going to die <laughs> in, a, in a flight in the United States because they are actually checking my shoes. Yeah, so glad that you mentioned that. You know, I shared that with my family. You know, we were out at uh, dinner recently. Um, uh, my brother-in-law was up, and uh, and we were out at a family dinner, and uh, I was. We were talking about traveling. You know, my my brother-in-law mm-hmm. had flown up from where he lives, and we were talking about travel. And uh, I was saying that I went to Europe right after, uh, pretty shortly after nine eleven. I went to Europe in. Uh, December of 2001 and it was immediately after it was about a week after if I remember right the shoe bomber that which Mm. now is the reason why we have to remove our shoes Uh, that guy that attempted to blow up the plane with the shoes uh, with the explosive in his sneakers and so we were the first flights that actually had to remove their shoes when I went to Europe and it was a whole new protocol people were grumbling about it and I said I've never felt you know, safer before. So yeah, I kind of took exactly. your tact of it. Like, while well, I'll grumble about it sometimes when I take a plane, because we all do, we like to complain about stuff. You know, <laughs> I I look at it as, you know, I'm, I feel a lot safer. There's a lot less uh, chance of something happening. Now, can something happen? Sure. But something else happened with a plane. You know, a plane could, mm-hmm. you know, have a mechanical issue, God forbid. And we've seen that happen too. So we take Mm. certain protocols, certain measures, and it's the same thing with immigration. We could, you know, increase border security. We Mm -hmm. could build some type of structure. We Mm -hmm. could build a wall or a series of barricades or whatever you would like to call it. And Mm -hmm. there still is going to be a fault in that system. There is still going to, it's not going to solve the underlying problem. You had mentioned before, you know, Mexico, a lot of people think Mexico is a poor country. It's not. No. So a lot of it is education as well. A lot of people think Venezuela is this backwater country. It has one of the mm-hmm. largest oil reserves outside of Saudi Arabia in the entire world. Exactly. So I think if, if people took the time to actually, and people thrive there until this change in political leadership with with unfortunately his name's Maduro, M-A-D-U-R-O. And mm. somebody asked me the other day, Oh, you're not related to them, are they? Are you? I'm like, no. Oh. Italian. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm not related to that guy. You yeah. know? Uh, but you see, it's all about not even cool. not even distantly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it feeds this beast of, you know, fake news. I hate to say it, but it is. Yeah. A false narrative. And people think, oh, you know, th- those countries are so terrible. Those mm-hmm. countries have work to do. We as North America, and I'm talking about now Canada, Mexico, mm-hmm. and the United States, should work closer together 
and this is oh, where yeah. trade agreements come in, which are unpopular, I know, to make <laughs> it so that there are better wage jobs in these places, better wage jobs in a place like Honduras and Guatemala and uh, Panama, that we need better wage job. We need to keep it, people there. We need to enrich their lives where they are. Are people still going to come to America? Sure. And I think they should. But part of the problem is they shouldn't be scared to death of living in their own country. And Mm -hmm. we could say, well, it's on their country's government to improve that. No, it's on us. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S., Canada, and Mexico are three very large, very strong, very powerful countries. We need to carry the ball. You know, it's it's like playing basketball. Am I going to give the ball to my weakest player with the game on the line? No, I'm going to give it to LeBron James. Yeah. That's what I liken it to, you know? So <laughs> within all this, and I know we kind of went off on, on something here, and I do that sometimes on the show. How can your organization, which you mentioned before, Worldwide Immigrants Association, how can it raise the awareness of the stigma that exists around immigration? I believe this is all what the Worldwide Immigrants Association is aiming for. Uh, we are um, – this online community, as you were describing it at the, uh, at the beginning of this uh, call, uh, we are sharing a lot of articles and in interviews with our, other immigrants, and everybody who is participating in this community are immigrants. So all the experts that are writing their articles and all the people who is involved are immigrants. And this is only because it's not because we are taking all the nationals out of the game. Actually, this is because I want to show everybody in the world that we immigrants are a powerful force and we are positive in every country. Uh, there is a membership program as well when we are sharing workshops, master classes. Uh, we make virtual coffees every month and Q&A sessions with experts. Um, and a community and support, everything, all this um, as a safe, secured space to talk and share our experiences, but also work on our lives and make the, the best of it. Uh, we, like we at WIA, we are no longer sharing the sad story of the bad treated immigrant who is suffering a lot. We are actually sharing this very positive size of the stories of every one of them. So um, I don't know if I'm, I'm making a lot of noise about this, but if you are an immigrant and you want to be interviewed, it would be my pleasure <laughs> to receive your call. That is so wonderful. And, and you deserve a lot of credit for doing this because it's, cha- it's going to change the narrative of this uh, whole topic from one, as you said, of the suffering, you know, woe is me face, the face of immigration or the face of immigration being someone that is constantly, you know, causing trouble. And I'm, I'm being real because that's what people think. And I know yeah, people yeah. Who think that way. Uh, whether it's yeah. closed-minded or not, it's a reality. And it's, and it's part of the societal dialogue. It's part of our discourse that we're trying to change. And that's only going to change through education and getting to know people. So if people go on your website, which we're going to promote at the end of the program tonight, and they Mm -hmm. see this and they, they, they see people that have taken this opportunity 
and made the most of it. You know, I said to a friend of mine the other day, I said, you know, because I was talking about this show and how, you know, I had this show coming up and I was saying to him, you know, what would you think my great grandfather, you know, who immigrated here, both of them did from Italy. I said, mm-hmm. what would you think, you know, about this? So like if, if, did my great grandfather have me in mind when he made that trip as, as treacherous as it was. And my friend said, I, I believe that he did. And I said, would, would he, what would they think of, of what I've done, you know, in, 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 in writing and doing this show and, you know, working in, in coaching and training people for a fortune 50 company. Do you think that was in their wildest dreams? And he said, I'm not sure, but I, I know they'd be proud of you. Mm. What is the role of coaching and helping both the immigrant? Because now we, we always talk about the role of coaching in this show. Yeah. What is the role of coaching and helping both the immigrant and those who maintain a certain perception of the concept of immigration? Well, it's all about facing the fear of the unknown and changes. I believe coaching helps uh the whole, like everybody, not only immigrants or, or nationals, uh, to accept and uh, be more flexible on their ways uh, of understanding other people. Uh, we already talked about how we are losing our social skills. And I believe this is the biggest role of coaching, helping both understanding each other and l- teaching us this new universal language where we are just human beings. So for example, in a corporate in a, yeah, in the world, uh, if you have colleagues who are immigrants, how do you present yourself? How do you communicate? How, how do you transfer all the information that you have? And you as an immigrant, how do you accept this information? How are you being flexible and understanding and be resilient? and accepting those changes that you have to follow during your life, the whole life, while you are an immigrant. I believe this is a very great resource that not only people like you and I, but everybody like managers and directors of companies should uh, actually uh, think about coaching. Absolutely. That would help in the corporate world and the small business world as well. That's a very good point that, you know, coaching could help in, in that sense in helping to form and uh, helping them to kind of navigate uh, different situations regarding this within workplace situations. Uh, So I certainly think that's a part of it. Role of coaching is to bring people together, you Mm -hmm. know, is to have people live in the present moment. And I think I could do that with people, you know, I can help you, you know, break down those things that limit you, that keep you from being the most fulfilled version of yourself. A lot of yeah. that's going to tie into spiritual connectedness and, you know, being connected to God and, and knowing that we all come from God. That's going to play mm-hmm. a huge role in that as well. And, and if we all come from God and God has said that I have created you you know, in my image and that you're all sons and daughters, I wouldn't treat somebody that way, you know, the way some people have been treated. And, and it always comes back to that, you know, 
my dad always would say that to me at the end of the day, Frank, you know, if people live by the golden rule, we wouldn't have the problems, you know, that we have. Yeah. And it's true. You know, when you break it down, you know, lowest common denominator type of stuff, that's it. How can we find common ground? So Diana, we, and thank you for that response. We've reached a point of our show, the common ground spot. We're about five minutes to the top of the hour here, 755 on the East coast live here on Divided Episode 41. How can we find common ground between those who feel that immigrants should be kept out of America, Canada, and other Western countries with those who believe that immigrants enrich their communities and workplaces? Um, I would suggest everybody to travel a lot. The more you travel, the more you will experience yourself being an immigrant and being the out of place. And if, of course, uh, traveling is not in the possibilities of everybody, but now you have YouTube, for example, and other kind of media who can show you about other countries and other cultures and other societies, other ways of living, other lifestyles, etc., etc. The more like, I believe we already covered this, but the more that you're curious about those things that are weird or different, the more you are going to embrace these things and these changes that are actually happening in front of you. Uh, so if you see a person who is not as tall or, or blonde or slim or anyway, it doesn't cover the, 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 the same characteristics that you have, go and talk to them and ask them where they are from and what's their language, what's their flag. Uh, there's a lot of people who are very afraid of traveling to another country, and that happens a lot in North, in North America, in the United States and Canada. A lot of um, people who go on holidays, they only go in English-speaking countries. So there, there to taste other things and there to do other um, adventures and, uh, I don't know, collect a lot of stamps in your passport, uh, talk to people, uh, be more acceptant, flexible. And you will see that it's, this is not as terrible as, as it sounds. <laughs> We have a caller. I'm going to put them up now. Caller from 612 area code. Please turn down the volume of your speakers. Hello and welcome to Undivided. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? Good. How are you? What's your name? Where are you from? And what's your question or comment, please? Yes, sir. My name is David. I'm calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, Thanks for taking my call. And um, the question I was going to pose is, I don't think the American people are divided on the issue of immigration. I think the issue is illegal immigration. I think it's kind of important that we note that. Okay. Thank you for that and for that distinction. And thank you so much for calling into our program this evening. Diana, can you speak to that a little bit? You know, the the concept of illegal immigration versus immigration, because I think Dave reaches, you know, a a valid point. And thank you so much for calling in, sir, uh, to our program. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I am not. I don't agree either with illegal uh, illegal immigration. 
the thing is that sometimes people is very ignorant about what's going to happen after they migrate as illegals. Uh, we have to consider that people who are uh, migrating illegally, most of the time they are moving from one country to another, and this country that they are living, it's under very bad circumstances. So they no longer have any other option, and they just leave thinking, I no longer have anything else to lose. I understand that this is kind of invasive and that this is not something that should be happening, of course. I would right. love to it's, say it's, that it's we are gonna, yeah, exactly, it's, it's a desperation. So again, I understand that this is not something that should be done, but we, know, we don't know their stories and that's why the governments of every country are there to work on that to find solutions to that. And not only those who are receiving these immigrants, but those who are losing their people. Mexico, Venezuela, Morocco, um, uh, I don't know, all the other countries that are losing their people because they are going to other place looking for another option because they are in war or because of political issues or economical situations and they no longer have any hope. Um, I would love to say more. I would love to say that this is going to be solved in the next 12 months. I don't think so. And this is something that we all together as a society, as a world society, have to work on. It is. It's a, it's a worldwide problem. Um, it's a, a, a very deep-rooted situation. I think it's a very valid point to make that distinction that, you know, immigration is – there are people that are out there that are, are okay with that. There are some people that are against legal immigration, too, and I know them, uh, you know, for yeah. a fact. So I've, yeah. I've spoke to people even ahead of the show uh, that are – and that's a whole other – you know, conversation um, entirely, uh, but they that they have you know voiced that concern, if you will, um, about illegal immigration, and the 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 whole crux of that is, you know, illegal immigrants do pay taxes, and you know you can uh, Google search mm-hmm. that, and you can yeah. you know, research that too. So I think it's a um, there's an education you know, component to it um, that uh, has to also be taken into account. Um, Definitely. Definitely. And I thank Dave for calling. Yes, sir. I just want to address the specific comment you just brought up about illegal immigrants paying taxes. And you have to remember, if you actually do an in-depth study on that, they're actually a net sum loss, not a net sum gain. And what I mean by that is, if you look at all the social services that they take access to, they actually take out more than they take in. And the fundamental issue about illegal immigration, which is the, the, the lady brought up, is this idea that illegal immigrants are simply coming looking for a better life, which is, to me, is an extremely naive way of looking at it because illegal immigration in and of itself is the fact that we don't know who's coming in. It's not like people are coming to the port of entry and then there's some type of a background check, and at least we know what they're about. With legal immigration, you don't know if that person's coming in here simply looking for a job, provide for their family, or if the person's looking to engage in criminal activity. 
you don't know either way. And we do know for a fact that there is, in fact, a lot of criminal activity with gangs and drug cartels that do a lot of business both in Mexico and America. So to, to ignore that part and pretend like that doesn't exist and we're only talking about a bunch of poor people that are just come in looking for a job, that's not being honest about the situation. And that's the part of where the discussion has to be genuine. If people are really going to want to have a real discussion, then we have to put all the facts on the table and not sugarcoat things to make things seem different than they really are. Well, thank you for that opinion, David. I really appreciate it. And then we did touch on that earlier. You know, there is uh, border security is, is a big issue and a big part of this as well. Right, Diana? And we discussed that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I believe this is something, of course, uh, we are not trying to sugar any, any kind of topic. We are being realistic here. And you are right concerning about all these kind of things. Uh, but what can we do? I'm always saying that as a society, we have our responsibilities also. Uh, those, for example, you were talking about drugs, um, those who consume drugs in North America or in any, any part of the world should be stopped doing that or any other kind of things. We, I'm not, I, I don't want to go further in this topic, but the only thing is that, that I want to say is that... Right, because you're government and people and society we are responsible all together all together this the little smallest part that you can do dave or everybody you frank me diana everybody in the world can do to ameliorate the relationships between human beings and society and countries the better it's going to be Exactly. And yes, we are running uh, short on time. So again, um, I do appreciate, you know, the calls and the feedback. We also do have a, um, an email here as well. Uh, uh, fear and blame, you know, doesn't facilitate change or force people to take responsibility in their role in the problem. Has individualism overshadowed what the forefathers envisioned for America? I think it probably has. How do we protect citizens while respecting all human life? Have we utilized immigrants as a means to our own end? Where do we start to respect the dignity and human rights of all persons? I think Diana touched on this with humanizing and personalizing individual stories. Thank you so much for that email. I really appreciate that. And, and some of those questions that have been raised. I think individualism has overshadowed what our forefathers envisioned for this country. And I'm going to touch on that when we close out the program. Uh, Thank you for the email and for the calls um, and for the audience interaction this evening. I'm always grateful for that. Uh, Diana, tell us a little bit about, uh, about your practice and about WIA and where people can find that, and if you've got anything coming up, maybe in your own coaching that you would like to let the audience know about. Thank you, Frank. Well, uh, you already introduced me very well, but I'm going to repeat myself. Uh, The Worldwide Immigrants Association is an online community created for immigrants around the world. This is not only localized in the United States or Canada or uh, just one country, but everybody who's an immigrant can join. 
we have, uh, as I was already telling you before, we have a membership site, uh, part of our services there, which is um, uh, giving more information and workshops and masterclasses and access to experts from all over the world who are also immigrants, who also lived this experience, uh, who are teaching us how to succeed in this uh, in this journey or adventure. Um, me, myself as a coach, I'm working with a lot of immigrants, uh, helping them transitioning uh, into their new countries, um, accepting change, uh, accepting transition, and also with companies, um, how, to, how to welcome their new uh, employees and also in career mentoring. So all that boring stuff about uh, the CV and the cover letter and the et cetera, et cetera, the interview and how to face it. Uh, so I believe what we are doing at WIA is very, is, is, is very complete. I've I, I've already been working as a volunteer in other with other uh, ONGs working with immigrants, but the problem is that they their the 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 the, the, the help is not enough to cover all the needs of every single person. So this is what we are aiming for, to give more uh, uh, more general advice so people can get it and make the most out of it. Almost connecting them to other resources and other services. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That and, and also like have a security place to talk about themselves and share their experiences and their concerns. Uh, have a call, a monthly call to see how they are going, if they need anything, if there's something that we can help with, et cetera, et cetera. So if you want to know more about that, we have our website, which is uh, worldwideimmigrants.com. And we are also on Facebook. You can find us as Worldwide Immigrants Association. And on Instagram, we are sharing some, some pictures and stories uh, at uh, Worldwide Immigrants. That's wonderful. And you know, to connect people to services, that is a you know, very critical role that needs to be played because there are services out there and people don't realize they're available to them. And that's where this organization can be like a bridge for that. So if you would like to learn more about that, please go to uh, the website that Diana referenced or the Facebook page or Instagram. There's so many different ways that we can find each other and communicate and connect and please connect with, with Diana, you know, offline. And if you have a need for, uh, services, or if you have questions or comments, or if you're in the process of uh, maybe immigrating yourself. So, Diana, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight. No, for thank you. Sharing Thanks your again for the opportunity. Thanks again for the oh, opportunity, Frank. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah, it, was. it was great connecting with you, and thank you for being so well prepared and for sharing, you know, your experiences with, with the audience. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I hope this is not the last time. 
Ah, uh, me too, myself included. <laughs> uh, so again, some um, upcoming show promotions before we close out for the night. I'm going to do a little something like I always do at the end of the show. Um, again, Free the Hamster, Harry Pritchett show, first and third Thursday of the month, 7 p.m. Eastern, Life Coach Radio Network. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar. Wednesday, March 13th, it's a week from tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Live here on the Life Coach Radio Network. Erica Weederlight Show, Mondays twice a month, 11.30 a.m. live on the Life Coach chat channel. Check the schedule or check out our website at weetherlight.com to get her next show or listen to some of her archive programs. And then finally, on the show promotion side, Money Magic, new series. The host is Gull Khan. Gull Khan, Money Magic, and the debut episode was actually yesterday. I listened to part of it. Tuesday, March 19th, uh, Gull, uh, she uh, broadcasts from London. So our time, 4 p.m. Eastern in America, she uh, does her broadcast live from London. New episode will be the second in the series of Money Magic. Gull talks about, she has a banking background, how you could break down your limiting beliefs about money and how money and financial success does not equal happiness and fulfillment in life. So it's a very, very important series, especially at this time in life, and talks more about sharing resources than hoarding them and gives you a lot of different strategic advice on how to navigate your hangups or holdups over money. That's Money Magic, Gull Khan, Tuesday, March 19th, new episode, 4 p.m. Eastern. That's the Life Coach chat channel. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Salvation Army, their website, www.salvationarmy.org. Go to enter your zip code for your local community or enter an Alabama zip code in Lee County to donate to them. Lee County Disaster Relief Fund or www.al.com to go to the Alabama website and learn about that. Samaritan's Purse is www.samaritanspurse.org or 828-262-1980. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104 or www.foodforthepoor.org and MAP International, www.mapisandpeter.org, 800-225-8550 to reach that wonderful organization. Please check out my practice if you can on online or on Facebook. That's Frank J. Maderi Professional Coaching or frankjmaderiprofessionalcoaching.com. Please send me an email, undividedshow at gmail.com, with feedback on the episode so I can share that with Diana. Um, and then also check out my book. You know, Lent is a good time to do that. Reflections on the Passion, a Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross. Start of Lent, start of, you know, praying the Stations of the Cross, especially on Fridays. All proceeds. All proceeds are donated to aid to the church in need to help people that are persecuted by ISIS in Iraq. My next show is going to be March 20th, episode 42, Comes Your Way, live at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's episode 42. But before I get to that, I just want to sum up tonight and thank Diana for coming on. You know, immigration is a very controversial issue. Very. And what I think we discovered tonight, very, is that it's deep-rooted and that we have to a lot of dialogue left. This is just this, as I've said in other episodes, I don't, I'm not trying to solve the world's problems in an hour, 10 minute podcast <laughs> or an hour podcast. No. It's not going to happen, but I'm trying to raise the awareness, change the trajectory, change the narrative and have people start to talk about this. You know, God founded the United States of America. 
we would not be as successful if he did not do so. God founded this country. He created us all. So let's start treating each other with the respect and dignity that we all deserve. And that's how we'll live truly undivided. My next program, March the 20th, episode 42, Toxic Relationships and Navigating Them with Lisa Concepcion. My special guest, Lisa, is a a real big personality, so I think you're going to love that program. I want to thank the audience. Uh, Please donate and help those who are suffering from the Alabama tornadoes. I want to thank Diana again for coming on. I want to thank Thank Dave for calling in. Oh, you're welcome, Diana. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) God bless you. Uh, I want to thank the callers, all those that listen to the show near and far in Canada, in the Middle East, and throughout the world. My thanks to you. For Russ Terry and Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts here on the Life Coach Radio Network, I'm your host, Frank J. Madurian. Until I see you again on the 20th, as always, be blessed and be well.